Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Brought to you by Regents Bank. Hey, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations. Uh, and hopefully you're all off work. Luckily for you, oh, bada bing, bada boom, Sean Bajani, the DILF. The big DILF. The DILF. That's right, baby. And, uh, and Psycho T, T-Mill. We've got the latest for you. One, Clint, he's out. He's out the next couple of days getting the holiday thing going. Got the, the, the three girls at home that he's, uh, I'm sure, enjoying spending time with. He'll be back uh, next week as, uh, as we'll all be back uh, and getting ready for uh, this, uh, hopefully, a playoff stretch. Um, but, uh, but Sean is in the building, and uh, we're having a good time out here today. We are live here on Thirsty Thursday here at Buffalo Wild Wings. As you know, we hit one every single week. We're in New Caney. So come on out. We'll be here till 6 o'clock. Uh, there's TVs all over the place. Uh, and uh, you can come hang out and, 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 uh, and do what you do. There are bowl games tonight. Uh, Oklahoma and, uh, and Arizona play in uh, the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Um, probably none of the real players on those teams are going to play in the game, but you still can enjoy <laughs> uh, some bowl games. Hey, you uh, get football on in the background. You it's get good football enough, on, right? You have a good time. Yeah, so come on out. And in, uh, and enjoy uh, yourself. All right, the big news of the day, the big story of the day is C.J. Stroud. We've been wondering. He's practiced the last two days. Um, and yesterday he was still in concussion protocol. This morning he was still in concussion protocol. But C.J. Stroud spoke himself as he had sat down with the media, which uh, lets us know, as you know, Sean, that means he is out of concussion protocol when he speaks to the media. This is, uh, this is how he opened up his conversation with the media types here at NRG. Uh, it's, it's great being back. I missed it. Um, I feel like um, everything that happened, I wouldn't say it happened for a reason, but it's just it kind of something that I guess God wanted me to go through. Um, it was tough. It wasn't easy. Um, but my teammates held it down as best as they could, and I appreciate them for that. And uh, now I'm back, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to just do my job again. Have you officially been cleared? Yes, I have. All right, he's cleared. Boom. He's, uh, he's out there. I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, uh, Sean, and I'm going to say this because I want to I want to get your thoughts. I want to get everybody's thoughts, 713-572-4610. Um, I, I'll think this one through myself as well. Who, who, do, you, who do you think is most affected with uh, CJ's return? Who do you think for the Texans, 713-572-4610, you can – comment on youtube and twitch who is most affected with the return of cj stroud coming back and uh and running this offense bobby slow it absolutely because you got to call the game differently i mean everybody knows that you know what his capabilities are versus the lack thereof of case keenum and davis mills um the chemistry that he's built with the receivers in such a short amount of time even though you don't have your most explosive one in tank dell you haven't had him but cj's had success since um, the fact you're going to have Nico DeCollins at his at, at his disposal, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz. Um, I, I, I point to a game that the Texans played earlier this season without having Tank Dell, coming off of a devastating loss. Uh, you know, being on a different offensive line change, going through adversities, having to deal, you know, with a game, um, you know, without important players. They beat the Saints 20 to 13 at home, you know, after a devastating loss against the Falcons without all of those guys, with all of those circumstances surrounding him. And uh, it's all very similar, except, you know, look, now CJ's coming off of a two week hiatus. But if you're Bobby Slowick, 
I like what he's been able to do this season coming off of poor performances. The bounce back, the ability to game plan his ass off, especially when he's got two of the most important players offensively. With a run game going now in Devin Singletary, you know, looking a disastrous of a game against the Browns. At least he ran the ball worth a darn. Uh, he's obviously shown the propensity to do that and been more of a system fit than anybody else back there toting the rock. So I think for all those reasons, I, I think Bobby Slowick and his ability to uh, not just adjust from a, a stinker of a game to the next game, uh, but the, being able to game plan with the best guy for the job and C.J. Stroud being back has uh, got to be the number one guy. Yeah, I, man, he's been walking around like, like the way they transport deaf deaf row uh, members on deaf row, and I don't <laughs> mean I don't mean uh, I don't mean Marion and uh, and Suge Knight. I'm talking about actual people on deaf row when they got to transport them from a prison to a prison. They're handcuffed with their hands. Oh yeah, their, yeah, their, yeah. Their ankles, everything, a muzzle over their face. That's how he was with play calling. That's maybe not uh, a bad analogy because like, when you're in those predicaments, right, you you think of you really got to think outside hey. of the box. And that sucker thought way outside of the box when he decided to go quarterback duo last weekend with Case Keenum oh, and Davis Mills. Hey, Tyler, how many times how many times do you think he was looking at that play sheet? Flipping that thing over, sideways, backwards, probably shaking it to see if there's something else. He's like, damn, man. Does this part hell? fold out right here? Like, is there there's more? Something there. There's got to be something else <laughs> here, man. Let me. It was like, uh, only CJ could do that. Uh, only CJ could man, do that. My uh, man was cuffed, man. <laughs> Hand cuffed with what he could call, man. I mean, it was. I mean, it was just. It was. It was tough. So I, I agree with you. He is. He is. Uh, he may be the, the winner and most affected because you I mean you just have to completely change game plan. Someone text in. Case Keenum is most affected. Uh, Nico Collins and the defense as a whole. Are most are, are, are most infe- affected. Case Keenum's affected, not most affected. That might be the very last time you see Case Keenum throw a football on an NFL field. You think it was that bad? Not, not that it was just that bad, but I mean, oh, just oh, maybe a little bit of that. But also considering you know where he's at in his career. Thirty. You think you think he may have had his moment of you know what? And I'm probably I'm probably I'm probably out. No, I'm probably I mean, out on this. I, I I think he probably knew that coming in to even start the season. To be quite honest with you, like yeah, maybe I get into a little game action here and there, but he knows where he's at in his career. Yeah, I, yeah, it was. He's. A, I, I will say all of those are, are correct, and I would say I, I think Bobby Slowick is probably the correct answer. I I, I do think, um, I think the offensive line is is going to be really affected. As well, especially if it's the CJ we've been able to watch play mm-hmm. all season. Because if it is the CJ we've watched play all season, like we remember, man, they they played they played the Steelers and they were they had Austin Decula starting at left tackle and and they, they, the game plan to get the ball out real quick and and to and him like he's had you you talk about some moments he's taken sacks, but he's generally, especially for a rookie, done a pretty good job at protecting his offensive line throwing balls away, not having the negative sure. plays. Uh, and he could just move at a rate I was that, that say, those guys can to, to get himself out of uh, out, out of trouble. So He's had to operate more outside of the pocket in the last you know three, four games before this concussion. But when it's been tight and he's stuck in the pocket, the fact that he's been able to execute from the pocket, yeah. being able to you know step up and he's got the arm strength. Like, 
Case needs a big pocket, a long pocket to be able to really step up and put all the mustard he possibly can on a ball, you know, to hit a guy on a, a deep crosser or, or even a, a, a slant or, you know, something like that. And we saw that he couldn't do that, didn't trust his arm and his capabilities to be able to do that against the Browns. Uh, now that you're getting Stroud back, who is naturally capable of that, like from a physical standpoint, that's a huge win. Yeah, and and uh, and not to mention, um, you 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 think you think a little bit more about blitzing C.J. Stroud and get, just having people up around the line of scrimmage. I think you you don't you have you have concern that you. Do he, could, he could throw the ball more than 15 yards down the – that yeah. he will hey, blitz, put the ball in. Blitz his ass because I know that Bobby Slowick yeah, has found a way to dial up the quick pass game, and C.J. Stroud has executed it. He's been fantastic yeah. against the Blitz You're thinking twice about that if you're Vrabel mm-hmm. in that defense yeah. to do that. Five o'clock fire. All right, C.J. is going to be back. He was a full participant. The rest of the injury report, you were out there to watch uh, the part of practice that – uh, uh, that the media was able to see, Sean. But here are the guys that are out, uh, or, or I'm sorry, who did not practice, that we're going to really be watching tomorrow when we do the show uh, from On the Rocks tomorrow on a, on a football Friday. These guys did not practice, and all of these guys have not practiced all week up to this point. Will Anderson with the high ankle sprain, Malik Collins with that hip, John Grenard with that ankle, he didn't practice, Steven Nelson uh, foot, hamstring, hand, and maybe something else. He didn't practice at Sheldon Rankins. Those guys, all of them, all five of them, big pieces of the defense, major pieces of the defense, they did not practice, neither of them, all week long, or any of them all week long, and these are ones that are going to be able to watch. Noah Brown, Blake Cashman practice. Those are good signs. Sheck Mason, Denzel Perryman practice. Nico Collins, full participant as well at practice. But those five up there, those are the ones to watch. It is usually not a great sign that you will play. And now maybe things are different as we're in week, what, 17. Yeah. Uh, but but it is not a great sign when you miss the Wednesday and Thursday practice. No, it's not a good sign, but I just don't I don't have that much concern for guys like Malik Collins, Steven Nelson, and Sheldon Rankins um, because of, of the state of the team right now, the the, the – the point in which they're at in the season, but also because of the way that those guys have been handled here more recently as the season has grown older. Uh, Collins and Rankins particularly. Steven Nelson's dealing with three different injuries. Maybe I do have a little bit of pause uh, you know, with him, um, which, look, he plays corner. He's not a safety. I do worry about that. If he's out, the answer can't be D'Angelo Ross. The answer, and they played really well against uh, Hopkins in that last game. Uh, they were they were trying him over there, and he played pretty well over there. You know, and that, and that's fine, that's fine. But the way that they're going to approach their offensive game plan, talking about the Titans now, has got to be a lot different than they did two weeks ago, where you completely neglect DeAndre Hopkins in the first half and force feed him the ball in the second half. Um, it's going to be a little bit different there. And look. Is D'Angelo Ross capable against some guys? Is it going to be remembered versus, you know, what he did Amari Cooper and the Cleveland Browns last week? And the answer is yes to both of those. But if you're down Steven Nelson this weekend, that one hurts. Whether, you, whether you're getting – Because the you know, drop-off is – Sure, whether you're getting help in the secondary with Kareem Jackson anyway, Jalen Petrie struggling, they play safety. They don't play corner. The Texans would be uh, uh, feeling a little bit more with their backs up against the wall. Not worried about – 
Will Anderson so much as I am Jonathan Grenard. That is a guy you absolutely need. Can they survive without both of those edge rushers? That's a tough ask. Yeah, Barnett and uh, Jerry Hughes. And Jerry Hughes and whoever in four one, whoever they're going to rotate in with him. So tomorrow's going to be a big watch for those five: Will Anderson, Malik Collins, Jonathan Grenard, Stephen Nelson, and Sheldon Rankins, who have not practiced all week long. Five o'clock fire. And listen, I I think right now the Texans need to be in Texas. The Texans, the fans, you, you, I mean, you kind of do what you what you, the Texans should be tunnel visioned on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, but the situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars and their free fall right now that is occurring, um, th- this is one to watch. Trevor Lawrence, their quarterback, did not practice uh, today. And Doug Peterson indicated to, to reporters earlier that the expectation was that he would do limited work. Lawrence has that. This isn't the concussion like it was last week. It's the AC sprain in his uh, in his throwing shoulder. So that is one to watch. Now they are playing the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have the Panthers at home. The Panthers got a W last week. Um, yes, or, they did. Or, or, was it last week or two weeks ago against the Falcons? Yeah, two weeks ago against the Falcons, they beat the Falcons. Uh, oh, and no. Did, no, did they come back and beat the Packers? No, the Packers beat them. The Packers beat them 33-30. But Bryce Young had a very good but game. Bryce, but Bryce was pretty good. But two weeks ago, they had a, they got a win. And hopefully, you know, for the Texans, um, they can help them. And, and that's the crazy part is the Texans still have a shot at this division um, if, uh, if they could get a loss and went out uh, from the Jags. But that is, that is one to watch. Trevor Lawrence, as they are, they are falling uh, big time right now and, and taking some steps back. Um, if they don't have Trevor Lawrence, it, I mean, it, I wouldn't put anything past them, the way they're playing right now, uh, and and they could lose to the Panthers. So that is a that is a big one to watch. Did you see for the Texans? I forgot who put this up on uh, social. Did you see the uh, Jacksonville sportscaster, the TV sportscaster, talking about the the state of the organization right now? I- uh, what do you say? <laughs> it's just hilarious. Maybe I'll pull it up, maybe, and I'll send it to Tyler, so maybe we can play it a little bit later on. But he just ripped into him. I mean, people, you know, around here would probably say the Houston media is kind of soft and you know, the, kind of afraid to I've step outside of, I've of their. Thought the Jacksonville media was Jacksonville. This dude was relentless. He's over. I mean, I'm he Jaguars. he was just ripping them up and down. And they cut him off on the uh, clip on social media just when it was really getting good. He was about to say something to the effect, I'm working here on Christmas Eve for this. Oh, <laughs> and they oh cut he's it off. going there. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, let, he's no. let it completely hey, get away from From him. the ownership to the last player on special teams, man, he was letting it rip. But, hey, if it is C.J. Beathard time this weekend for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, that would be they, absolutely huge for the Texans. They could be, but I think they could still beat the Panthers. Uh, they, they still could, home, and they yeah. probably should. But, you know, remember once upon a time ago they're, they're really, when the Texans were a team that you thought had no business losing to the Carolina Panthers or the Atlanta Falcons or the New York Jets, certainly did, and they have just as much opportunity to be AFC South champions as the Jacksonville Jaguars the, do the, right the now, Texans, who've lost four in a row. The Texans' chances uh, feel... <laughs> Pretty good if C.J. Beathard. A lot better if C.J. Beathard plays uh, in, instead of, of Trevor Lawrence. All right, coming up, All right, a move that the Texans made. How big is this move going to be? Like uh, Kareem Jackson being brought over, how significant, how much of an impact will he have 
on this team the next couple of weeks. We'll discuss that coming up next. It's a Thirsty Thursday with our friends at Bud Light on Sports Radio 610. Here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, welcome in as we are live here on Thirsty Thursday here at Buffalo Wild Wings at, uh, in uh, New Caney. Come on out. Hang out. Hang out a little bit here as people are walking in. They got a nice little scene in here. Uh, and uh, TV's everywhere. And uh, you can watch the uh, uh, these bowl games. The uh, This dumbass Pop-Tart Bowl. Uh, it is on <laughs> currently right now. Um, the, the, the whole bowl thing, if you just, it, it's, it's irritating as hell. It's just the Pop-Tarts Bowl. <laughs> that that trophy it. is sweet, though. It's not. Oh, see, stop. <laughs> it Dude, is not that trophy is pretty cool. Tyler. I mean, well, I'm see, a fan of Pop Tarts, so this so. is a joke. No, the, 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 if you've not seen the Pop Tart Bowl trophy, <laughs> it's a trophy with a football that has that's like that's basically a toaster. It looks that's like the, a football toaster. That's the top of it, though. It's it's the base, and then another meaningless block with like whoever wins on it, and then above that is a Pop Tart box. Above that is a football. What helmet, are we doing? And then here? above that is the Pop Tarts. I really can't wait I to see the it. rings. I want to see the Pop Tart Bowl ring. Are you, are you serious? Get. You love it? Like, come on, man. I mean, I'm you a big Pop Tart guy. Yeah, I know you're I think a big cool. Pop Tart guy. I sure think it's cool, but like, is that something that you think is cool? Like when you walk through uh, at A and M and the, the sports complex, and you walk through and you see uh, the Cotton Bowl that Johnny won, and you see all those trophies, and then. There's some damn football coaster <laughs> that you got to replace. That well, when you, you put replace it that way, yeah. I'm just saying, like this, it's this, not this very is impressive. a serious thing that you got to put. Like that's what I'm saying. Whoever wins this, NC State or K State, are they going to have it always set up with with pop tarts in it? Yeah. And by the way, I just wanted to point something out. You wanted, you want the college football playoff to extend to 24 teams. I do. Okay. You're looking at the 18th and 25th ranked teams in the entire nation playing a freaking Pop-Tart Bowl. Pop-Tart Bowl. That's yep. why, that is why you were witnessing why that can't happen. What do you mean, what can't that happen? And you're going to say, like, oh, well, if this means a little bit more, they'll get a better sponsor, and it'll be called a different bowl, and it'll just, oh, it'll yeah. sound better, it'll look well, better, it'll feel better. Well, we'll, we'll be big boy serious, all right? We won't even call it a bowl, all right? It'll just be... A tournament game but or a playoff game. But you're prolonging the inevitable. It's a playoff game. So the game. 25 knocks off the 18, we'll advances to the uh, Kellogg's no, Cupcake not. Bowl. Uh, no, it's the 25 against the 1. <laughs> the 25 against oh. the 1. All right? Oh. The, the 24 against the 1. And we'll see what happens there. And There's not no silly bowl game. and There's Boy. no trophy you get. All right? We, we, you move on. All right? We're in the Pop-Tart Bowl. We're not uh, in the Pop-Tart Bowl. We're just playing in Orlando, having a good time. <laughs> Enjoying ourselves. Playing for Pop Tarts and a no, lifetime not supply. Playing of. For Pop Tarts. It's just a win and you move on. Survive in advance. Okay, in the first round of the tournament, they don't give you prizes. You don't get a trophy every time. Get out of here with this Pop Tart. <laughs> no, but the Seriously. winner of this game is going to get a chance yeah, yeah. to hang a banner in their stadium saying 2023 Pop Tart Bowl Champions. Tyler says that that trophy is pretty, pretty sweet. Home of the 12th Pop- man in Pop Tart Bowl Championship. <laughs> no. No, man, we lost the Texas Bowl. I wish we could get that pop. No, the Texas Bowl trophy is a solid trophy. That's a good trophy. Now, now we're at at bowl games. We're not being serious. No, man, the winning coach gets to have Duke Mayo poured over the top. Yeah, why can't this coach get Pop-Tarts, like, showered all over him? him? 
I don't know what you <laughs> could use the mini ones, not the regular size pop tarts, but those like bite sized ones they came out with, and you could dump those all on them. That'd hey, cool. you win! What happens? You get this chair right here, and then somebody gets to pour the Duke Mayo over you. <laughs> I love it. Also, Duke's Mayo, Prime Mayo. Ah oh, man, I, I just oh, it's just is is whatever. What do you think the coaches got for uh, whoever the coach was that won the uh, Bad Boy Mower Pinstripe Bowl? Does he get like a John Deere or something? You know, as a prize or, or a Bad Boy a Mower? mower if that's ba- I would think it'd be a Bad Boy Mower. That'd be a hell of a deal. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Bad Boy Mower. <laughs> I never heard of a Bad Boy Mower, the but John yeah. Deere. Yeah, they've been rolling through, man. Um, yeah, man, this damn Pop Tart Bowl is ridiculous. All right, um, Kareem Jackson. The the Texan, I, I, honest to God, when you think about Kareem Jackson, like, what do you ask? Like, I think people are really excited because, hey, you remember Kareem Jackson, man? He was here. He was a Texan. He was, they drafted him in 2010. He was here for over uh, seven, eight seasons, and and and, and uh, he was uh, he was a good player, a guy that people liked, and he comes back, Houston, I'm back. He tweets that. Are, but what is the realistic expectation of what you're going to get from him? All right, because he is just—he just walked into the door with. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday. What's today? Thursday. Thursday. What was it? He took in his first practice yesterday. So he practiced for the first time so, yesterday. Yeah. Like I, I saw somebody texting. They think they think Kareem's going to be a, a a huge part of this team. I just said, what is what is the realistic expectation? They have struggled with injuries. They struggled at safety. They benched Jalen Petrie. They did. But what it like? What are you thinking? We're getting from thirty-five-year-old. Uh, Kareem Jackson, who just got here yesterday. Uh, what you need in a pinch that is better than Kadar Holman and uh, D'Angelo Ross sort of combination, right? I, I know no, we're talking – say I, well, yeah. fair. I know we're talking corners versus safeties, but you're missing Jimmy Ward, who's a leader, a veteran, knows every system like the back of his hand, certainly this one that D'Amico's running. But Kareem's seen every possible situation you could see in a 10-year NFL career. And he's been healthy. The seven years prior to this season, the production has still been there as he's reinvented himself from a corner into a safety. Maybe the Texans ask him to play a little bit of corner if need be. I don't know. But I do know this. They're more reliable outside of just being flat out deeper with this guy in the building than having him not. I thought on Monday morning when the Broncos released him, and he became available, and we got gobs and gobs of texts saying, hey, do you think the Texans go get Jackson? Should they get Jackson? Get Jackson. I said, hell, absolutely, you've got to consider it. And the next day, boom, they go out and do it. They did what was necessary when your back's up against the wall. These last two games mean as much as they do, and you're missing a guy as valuable as Jimmy Ward, who, when he's been on the field, the defense sp- especially in the secondary, it's just the functionality is better. It's more trustworthy. It's more reliable. Jimmy Ward, by the way, when he's been out, the Texans gave up more than a third of their chunk plays that they've allowed all season long in the secondary. When he's been on the field, it's been a drastic decrease. I know. And a big part of him being out is that he ain't been the only one out. Like his backups have been out and then his backups, backups. Have been out. How many? You can count almost on one hand how many games Jalen Ward and Jalen Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie have been on the field together this year. You can count maybe on three fingers. 
or maybe it's yeah. four. Has it been four times where the secondary that you'd penciled in in the preseason of Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley, Jalen Petrie, and Jimmy Ward have been together? That's yeah. that's that's pretty ridiculous. And the fact that the Texans are in the position that they're in right now with all of that offensive line, no run game, and key injuries on the uh, in the receiver core, CJ missing two games. It's pretty damn remarkable. It, it, listen, it's interesting to look. And, and to think how much he's going to play in this game. He's going I, to play. I, I, I've, I've been impressed. Yeah, he, I, I think he'll probably get in, get some, he'll get some time. Like I, 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 man, he got here today or yesterday as he practiced for the first time. I remember when they brought in Des King, who had been with him all training camp long. Des King, his first game back, how many snaps did he get? One. Yeah, he got one snap. It was been, key. It was a key snap. <laughs> it was a snap that you would think maybe that might get him back in to get a few more snaps in a game in which the position he plays is absolutely getting barbecued and torched. That was when we found out Tavier barbecue brisket uh, Thomas was in the building, and he never. But he only played one game, and he had been with them all pre all preseason. That, they knew him. He they knew he knew the offense. That to me was much more about. Uh, it was less about what he was capable of in a football and athletic sense, and much more about what probably landed him off yeah. of this team yeah. which uh, is, to begin with. Which is pure silliness because they just went, went ahead and just kept getting their asses handed to them mm-hmm. because we want to prove some sort of a point. I'm just going off a guy. I, to me, I, I, my expectations aren't um, aren't that – like I think people think he's going to be – like I see ESPN, they got, it, they got him as a starter on the depth chart right now. They got a Kareem Jackson. Do they really? And, and Jalen Petrie as a starter. I like what I've seen from DeAndre Houston Carson. I do too. I, I like I, him, I li- and, and he's a guy that's been there really do. all year. And, 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 and he had a. I, I thought that pick was a really, a really, really damn near special play. But it's he quality made. depth. If, if DeAndre Houston Carson, who by the way is listed as a starter along with Jalen Petrie on the unofficial Texans depth yeah. chart that was released this week, you need quality depth, and Kareem Jackson certainly gives you that. If he has to come in a pinch, if DHC goes down, that's you how know, I feel. On, on Sunday, yeah. it's 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 absolute quality depth, reliable depth, though. And you know, it, to me, look, you bring him in with two weeks left to go in the regular season. Maybe there's a game or two or three beyond. Who knows how this thing breaks for the Texans? It would be great if it is that case. But to me, it's about the future, right? Jackson returning home. If he has a good showing, if he brings the leadership, the mentorship, you know, that sort of value in which D'Amico Ryans says he's every bit capable of doing and certainly was as a player when the two were teammates in 2010 and 2011 together, then you know what this means to me? It's it's more of a longer-term situation for Kareem Jackson and maybe makes it a little bit easier for the Texans to move on if they need to from Jimmy Ward or maybe Jimmy feels like, you know what, I'm done, I can't play, I don't want to go do this anymore, I'm 33, uh, you know. I'd hope I'd hope they it go would be younger beneficial, and not replace him with somebody thirty five. But it'd I mean. be a beneficial, you know, in the sense that you'd still have that veteran leadership quality at the position that could help bring Jalen Petrie along in the off season ahead of next season. All right, coming up as we continue here live uh, on Thirsty Thursday here at Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, we got to discuss something from D'Amico. This is a, a huge, huge game, and it's going to be little things and and being able to do whatever it takes to win. And there's one damn thing he better do and better change from last week. We'll discuss that coming up next. It's a Thirsty Thursday with our friends at Bud Light on Sports Radio 610. Here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. 
All right, welcome back as we're having a good time here enjoying ourselves here. A little, uh, little Thursday, Thursday action here, Buffalo Wild Wings. Remember, tomorrow we will be at On the Rocks, Jones Street. Um, and so come hang out with us a little, uh, little football Friday to get you ready for this, uh, this huge game coming up on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Got to uh, gotta get this, uh, this W real quick. I just saw it on TV, man, and um, – just want to, uh, well, I just run reach out to to Russell Russell Wilson, man. Jeez, oh, I, I just I feel bad for that young man. That's uh, right. I guess he's not really that young, but I feel bad for him. I mean, he's got some things going for him, but nobody nobody deserves to just be done in dirty the way Russ is. I will I will say this though, something um, and Tyler, we we talked about this on this show a lot, Sean. I, I think I talked to you about it during the break. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, and I've, I've admitted that uh, that this was that I was wrong on this, um, and and as the year continues, um, I, it gets even more understood. And those of you who love to uh, to come at me about things that I'm wrong about, uh, you you're well within your rights. Um, hey, Sean Sean Payton, Sean Payton would have been a terrible mix. With CJ, man, knowing what we know now, absolutely. Um, and I and I don't even mean from the coaching perspective. I just I just think personality wise, yes. I think Sean Payton's a, a good coach, sure, a really good coach, a, a, a Hall of Fame level coach. I mean, I, I don't think it's an it's an accident that that team has gotten a lot better, that offense has gotten a lot better. Russell was better this year, but to think about CJ's demeanor. And his personality, and I think he's a tough guy. I think he's a, a tough-minded kid, obviously, his story and what he's going through. Um, but to think about his demeanor and to think about how Sean approaches things, like he's just, he just flat-out gone off in Russ's face multiple times. Where I, I don't know if that, is, if that is the best way that C.J. Stroud re- responds yeah. or reacts to. Just not, to, like, not saying he's soft. I think there is a little old school. Russ will just take it and sure. kind of move on, and be be able to. And I think it did probably affect Russ a bit, like the way he t- he wore him out uh, last Sunday, Christmas Eve night, yeah. that game against. Now you can kiss my ass. I mean, I'm out here. I, I'm I I am married to Sierra. You can't. You ain't cussing me out. <laughs> I am now. You are not talking to me like that. That's your go-to. I, I am not. Hey, I I know I know the goodies. You're not talking to me like you can't. You, you may cuss out somebody that cussed me out for that first wife I had, but you're not cussing <laughs> me out with, with Sierra. <laughs> to hell, to hell with that. But I, but I just it, it was. Just, it, but I just don't know that CJ would have reacted. I think the personality and demeanor of D'Amico and Big Hat Bobby Slowick is perfect to go with. The demeanor, the demeanor with C.J. Stroud, that clash. I think it's bigger than just even C.J. I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, C.J.'s a very nice guy being a rookie, too. But you know like, that's who knows how much been, he's yeah. willing to, you know, to swallow uh, his first year in the NFL. There's that. But, I mean, um, not, not even just – it's not even just about C.J. It's about the entire roster because 50% of the roster was constructed – by D'Amico and Nick Casario, you know, and as it went along with the rest of the coaching staff, guys that fit not just their scheme but their personality. There is a lot of guys in that locker room, Ron, that just are absolute fits 
to the style of coaching that D'Amico has. And it's not even just about the fact that he is a recent, re- recently removed former linebacker in this league, uh, but he is a young guy that absolutely relates to the young players and even the veterans because he did play so recently and the position in which he played. But how he well, gets I mean, the best out of guys. Like, there was something that D'Amico said a couple of weeks ago when he was asked. It was ahead of the Jets game. And somebody asked him a question about, like, uh, Robert Sala, learning underneath him this defense. And what's the most important thing you've learned from Sala? And he would said, how to teach and why I'm teaching. And that was so valuable and so interesting the way that he'd said that because the impetus of that was you can't ask too much of these young players. You can't put too much on them too soon. And you just wonder how much of that has been the case with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, him being a veteran, Payton having to, you know, having Wilson to learn a completely different system. How much has he really put on him and meshed together personality-wise? Yeah, I, I think it's just personality. I think certain guys, like I think, like I think Sean and Will Levis would be a good match. That's just personality-wise. I think they would, I think they would be a good match or Somebody that may have an older, like I, I just don't think CJ would respond well, mm-hmm. you know, to that, right? I, I think they're just difficult. I, I think D'Amico is his manner and and, and his and uh, and and the way he is is more like in the lines of like an Andy Reid, where you don't really see Andy yelling and going off on people, right? That's not his deal. But we know who we know who Sean Payton came from. Sean yeah. Payton came from Bill Parcells, and that that you know that that. That get into people in that manner. I just don't know that CJ. So, I, I, listen. I was someone that said I was a, a Sean Payton guy, and the thought of Sean Payton, the offensive-minded guy, working and getting the best out of CJ, which I think he would have been good from that standpoint. But man, like he just like if he tear if he gonna tear Russell open mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. what he would do to a rookie, and I, I just don't. Yeah, there's just so much there. It's not even just him to CJ, but man, what about the relationship? What would it have turned out to be like when Slowick is struggling? You know, and and how much freedom yeah. D'Amico Ryan's has given Bobby Slowick and his staff to just be or, creative or his, and figure his, things in out. His form, whoever his defensive coordinator was. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're guy right. Guy. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we're uh, as we're here live, coming up behind us, Texans All Access. Uh, the guys will have uh, the Hall of Famer, John McClain, who you'll hear with us tomorrow at 4 o'clock. But John McClain, he will help preview this huge game against the, uh, the Titans. And then uh, you'll be able to hear the, uh, the Jets and the Browns, the, uh, the uh, two of the last three teams the Texans have played. They'll play Thursday night football. You'll be able to hear that on Sports Radio 610. Um, before we get out of here, there, there's one thing, fellas, that I, I truly, truly hope. Um, doesn't show up on Sunday, and I think most would would agree. And that is, and D'Amico, you run the defense. We know you call the plays. And listen, Matt Burke runs things probably a lot meetings during the week. But D'Amico has a heavy, heavy hand on this defense. Listen, last week you faced a a good receiver. I don't. I, mean, I don't even know that I would put Amari Cooper as a top ten receiver. He had a top. He had a top receiver day last week. And then, and then you're going to face another good receiver mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to, to that's probably on that level, if not maybe at times a little bit better. Can and, be, and, and, sure. And, and DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday. And listen, you can't let DeAndre Hopkins tear your ass up the way, uh, the way that Amari Cooper did without forcing the hand of putting Derek Stingley on him primarily. 
Uh, for me, my thought would be to start the game with Derek Stingley on him. Uh, put him on him. He is your best guy. I, listen, I, their other threats don't scare me. I know uh, Traylon Burks has had some, some moments. Um, hell, their tight end probably scares me a little bit more than any of the receivers. Mm-hmm. Sharp maybe scares me a little bit more than the – but I, I, I think at this point I was really disappointed that at no point they just said to hell with it, let's just put Derek Stingley on Amari Cooper yeah. because, yes, he's, he, he, gave, he gave Derek Stingley some of that work too. But not not to the tune of what he was doing over there. Sure, I mean, and, and, Stingley, and I, I just hope that doesn't rear his head, and they just let Hopkins go off on Ross or Nelson, whoever is over there, repeatedly. I mean, Stingley made some of those plays that Cooper made on him more contestable, right? Yeah. I mean, there was better coverage. It was just, and it wasn't even just Cooper. There were some other receivers, and Joe Flacco was the impetus for it. He made some terrific throws, you know, even in the grasp. I mean, just the plays that he was making. I, I almost thought at times it didn't matter who you had on them. It didn't matter what coverage. I mean, if they're making those plays, what are you going to do? You throw your hands up to some degree, but it shouldn't have been as ugly as it was. That's that's really the the main point. But I don't know how many how many snaps do you know did Derek Stingley see on DeAndre Hopkins a couple of weeks ago? I mean, I I honestly am asking. I don't remember. No, not not a lot but, because because it, right now the way that the Texans have played it is you can you can determine the matchup of the receiver. Uh, of your receiver on what corner you want him to match up. Sure. So he was on the side of Steven Nelson a lot because they don't move their corners. They just keep their guys, they keep Stingley on uh, the, the left side and, and or, or the whichever on one side and, mm-hmm. and, and Hopkins on the other and they don't move them. And so a lot of the times he was on that side. A couple of times there was a great play that Stingley made in a zone coverage where he knocked the ball down in front of Hopkins. But really, most of the time, it was Hopkins over there on Nelson. That's right. You know, now that that's coming back to me, there were a number of defensive backs that made plays on DeAndre Hopkins. I think Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley, uh, maybe even Jalen Petrie, Petrie had a pass well, Petrie, defense. Yeah, they got on. one. They got behind him, and, and he helped him. That's right. That, he was the one. Uh, yeah, Petrie got burned on that, but recovered and uh, took Hopkins to the ground and uh, made that one not a non-catch. Um, so there's that. But look, here's the the, the big element. Here is. That game, they neglected Hopkins completely in the first half. Didn't throw him one ball. Targeted him nine times in the second half. He only caught two passes. And we just kind of went through this. He had a number of different guys on him. I think it's going to be a vastly different game plan from both sides on Sunday. And the fact that the Texans, you know, look, they're a little banged up. They could miss Steven Nelson this weekend. Hopefully they don't. But they've got Kareem Jackson back there. If they need to go that route, you still feel good with DeAndre Houston Carson. Kadar Holman, if he needs to play a little bit of corner on the other side of Stingley. I think we feel okay. But it's about how that coverage meshes with what the Texans are going to have available to them via the pass rush. I just just hope to see flexibility. Even if you want to start this puppy off by saying, all right, hey, man, we're going – we're going to run our defense. We're going to play our defense. We're going to do what we do. If he starts just lighting y'all asses up, you know, like three catches and, and, and 160 got to make that adjustment. We got, we got to do something different. Yeah. We, I mean, we can't just keep letting him determine them determine. But, you know, you got to tighten up. the coverage up to begin with. I mean, the, the Titans burned you for seven plays that went for at least 18 yards or more two weeks ago in that game. Yeah. It's about just tightening everything up. And as D'Amico said after the Browns game, we just got to cover better. We got to all do our job, whether it's single coverage, double coverage, whatever you're asked to do. You got to play better. Yeah. We don't like that. You have to, and uh, I just, I just hope we see 
a uh, hopefully it doesn't happen like that and it's like game one and, and DeAndre didn't impact the game greatly but if you look at him against the Dolphins he impacted the game greatly uh, and uh, and you got to make a, a shift in the change all right Sean Bajani great job as always thanks we'll man hook it up tomorrow on the rocks Jones Road Jones Road uh, as someone checks it said it ain't Jones Street I was gonna correct you but I was like, I'm gonna let it go smart man good, good, good job uh, <laughs> Jones Road uh, coming up tomorrow hang out with us Tyler, great job. Enjoy your vacation. I am uh, Ron Hugley. As always, Houston, we love you, baby. Always seems to know the way. I missed him. Did you? Are you all right? I missed Did him. Did you? Anybody? Everybody else all right? Somebody take a shot somewhere, man. Just, you okay? It's an emotional time, man. Yeah, I feel back. lovely. There's somebody who deserves a hug. I'm back, and I'm happy to be here. And I know it's gone.